Blog Talk Radio. Marcian, and for all of you who watch the news, <laughs> I have a few reflections for you today. Now, I don't watch the news, but I do have a smartphone, and I do take a look at YouTube trending um, just to keep in touch with what seems to be you know, interesting to most people today. But I am just disgusted by this whole new group of men groping women revelations today. And I am a woman. And I have been groped and groped and groped. I mean, nearly every woman has. Uh, My sister and I were talking about this earlier this week, and I jokingly said, uh, do you want to tell about all the times you've been groped, or do you want me to tell you all the times I've been groped? And we just laughed. Yes, we laughed. That's how it was back then. And I'm not excusing the men here, but we just can't ever go back. We can only go forward. And holding all of these men accountable today is like requiring a two-year-old child to be responsible for his actions now that he's 35 years old. Remember when you had that terrible tantrum at the grocery store and you embarrassed your mommy? You bad, bad, bad child, I'm going to punish you now. But you know what? We can't go back. Last year I had a journaling class at my home. And our instructor was a Ph.D. professor from Columbia University who, in her illustrious past, had conducted over 10 years of weekend journaling seminars at UCLA with more than 100,000 students. Now, during this last year, we did seven eight-week sessions with a new group of eight senior ladies each time. And not only did every single woman who attended these classes in my home experience some type of inappropriate sexual advances during their lifetime, Professor Louise also told us that at least 80% of the women who attended the seminars at UCLA also journaled the horror of rape and other predatory sexual practices within the home, you know, with brothers and fathers, and outside the home with bosses and or colleagues and husbands of friends. And if we're going to completely open this Pandora's box, then nearly every woman in the world is going to have to have something to say about it. And I just don't think we need to do this. This is not helpful. These hurts and mutilations and deep wounds to the sacred sense of being a woman can best be handled in privacy with a skilled practitioner. I recommend heart math or tapping or auditing with a Scientology professional. 
or you can listen to my last two YouTube radio shows where I discuss um, speaking in tongues and how this precious gift of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which is within us and activated by our very own breath, can be used to clear and cleanse out all of that toxic waste within our emotional and mental bodies and purify and heal our heart of all indiscretions and indecencies that have injured and contaminated us. When only a few get to have their say, it just makes the rest of us feel slighted. Hey, I was abused too. What about me? I know there's some sense of retribution in knowing that you're not the only one, but your own healing and your own personal freedom to be who you really are is only going to come to you totally when you release all those connections with the trauma and the pain and the anger and that victim consciousness that is created by the experience. And this is best done in private, one-on-one with someone whom you trust and who you know cares about you. And let me tell you, it's not going to just take one session. These things go deep into the core of our soul, and there are layers and layers and layers to the adjustment. There's one trauma in my life I've been working on now for 30 years. (laughs) I get deeper and deeper into it, and I find another layer and then another layer. We are very complex beings. And not only are we as an individual very complex, but we're also connected with everybody and everything else that there is. So your pain is intensified by all of the other women who have also had to endure these situations. I have to also reflect that the high incident of breast cancer and womb and uterine cancers are directly connected to these predatory sexual behaviors women have experienced. And I also have to rewarn every woman again that all of the money that we have given to cancer research has not resulted in finding the cause and core of cancer, which is first emotional and then physical, but it has been used to develop extreme new detection devices that are finding cancers now practically at its first division from a one-cell organism to a two-cell organism. Actually, with a spiritual practitioner, cancer can be seen in a person's aura. Your aura is your energetic, your energetic body that extends out to about three feet around you. Cancer can be seen in your aura up to six months to a year before it ever manifests in the physical realm of the body. And I also have to tell you that at that one cell to the two cell stage, the body will take care of it. You don't need to have chemotherapy and radiation or lumpectomies or have your breast removed. You need to start your own personal redemption and deal one-on-one in private loving sessions with all those hidden and secret areas of your life 
that have caused you pain and suffering and indignity and embarrassment, inequality, debasement, any sense of unworthiness. And I just want to encourage all women to stop looking for cancer because today you're going to find it. Just stop all mammograms, stop any and all explorations into the internal workings of your body. No x-rays, no colonoscopies, no scans of any kind, nothing invasive. Because if you will just start your one-on-one therapy to deal with your injustices, you can begin a one-on-one relationship with your body And then you and your body can establish a system of operations that will allow your body and its wondrous immune system and its unlimited creative and regenerative abilities to function at a high degree of exceptional expertise. And you'll no longer need to use the artificial, drug-dependent ways of Western medicine You can be free from the enslavement of your soul, and you can be rebirthed into a realm of happiness that lives in perfect health. Now, I say this as one who also does it. I know that this works, and if you would like to open the door to this idea, I sure would be happy to work with you to get you on your path of freedom and into the power of your own personal sovereignty as a unique and wondrous manifestation of God here upon the earth. Okay, now let's consider the other part of this sexual dilemma. Where does how the woman attracts this type of behavior play into it? Because first of all, a man is programmed to be stimulated by the woman's body. There are studies that show that in any first encounter between a man and a woman, whether they know each other or not, no matter where they are or what they're otherwise doing, the instinctual reaction of the man is to instantly assess that woman as a sexual partner. This is the way the man is created. He has the sperm. He's the progenitor of the life for his species. This is spiritually empowered in the man. It's part of his breath of life. It's part of him being a living soul. So when I hear these younger women on the talk show saying they should be able to dress any way that they want, just dress as sexy as they want to because they're not the problem. The man has the problem and he needs to deal with it. (laughs) This just sounds so ridiculous to me. Being a man is his problem? Because <laughs> that's what they're saying. Stop being a man. You know, I don't think this is what they really want. A man has been confused enough by the woman being in the boardroom and in the trenches, and now she's saying, stop being a man? I would have to ask also then what's the point of dressing sexy? I mean, see, that just doesn't make any sense at all, does it? (laughs) If you don't want to arouse the man, why are you dressing sexy? (laughs) 
A man can be stimulated just by the woman being a woman. She can be in her bathrobe and slippers. She can be not the usual form of what we call by the mass mind desirable. I mean, the men who love women who are more than 600 pounds find them very desirable because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. A woman can walk in a way that stimulates a man. She can speak, and just the vibration of her voice pattern alone can stimulate the man. A woman doesn't have to enhance her breasts or wear revealing clothing to cause a man to be stimulated. However, when she does, I do believe she has to bear part of the responsibility of the man's actions. Now, it's always going to be true that each person is totally responsible for their own actions. So every man is totally responsible for his actions. And when they are inappropriate, he must bear the brunt of the consequences. But when a culture flaunts sexuality as a force of materialism, when a culture flaunts sexuality as a standard of comparison, when a culture flaunts sexuality as a measure of worthiness, and finally when a culture flaunts sexuality as a weapon of domination and control, we're going to reap these war zones of mass destruction that we see today. Now, my solution is for women to realize that a a woman is to realize she is the womb of the creation and seek to be the mother goddess of her kingdom, ruling and reigning as queen in royal robes of dignity and distinction, crowned in righteousness, and the glory of God. And when a woman knows who she really is, and she begins to be who she really is, this is the real Isis. When a woman knows who she is, I-S, and she begins to be who she really is, I-S, 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 Isis, then all things will begin to be in order, and all things will operate perfectly. And the man will be so happy and so fulfilled, and he will be so busy being and doing what he's supposed to be and do, he won't even think about sexual inappropriateness in any form. Now, I want in closing, I want to share about a relationship I have with a gentleman right now. I met him last year. He's a local realtor. And I was doing Airbnb for people who were interested in living in the retirement community where I live. Now, he and I met at a local event, and when he found out what I was doing, he offered to work with my guests to find a place. And he said he would give me $2,000 for every sale that he made from my referrals. Well, since the realtor I had been working with had facilitated the sale of six homes with my guests, I'm thinking, man, that would have been $12,000 I would have gotten. But he didn't give me any referral fees, so I decided to work with this new realtor. 
and we meet and have lunch every week or every other week to keep in touch. And he always picks up the tab for lunch. But let me tell you, he is the consummate gentleman. He has never been inappropriate with me in any way. So I decided to tell him much, how much I appreciate how he treats me as a woman, as an equal, and in respect and admiration. And I said to him, you must have had a really good mother. <laughs> she taught you to honor the woman and to treat her like a queen. And he said, yep, that's true. He said, my mother was a good example to me of what a woman is and what a woman does. And she loved me. And she taught me that when I grew up, God would provide a woman to be with me who would love me and support me in my life. And I met my wife, and we were together for 44 years. And now that she's gone these last four years, I've lived with her memory of the love and the support that she did give to me. And I am now open to having another woman come into my life as well. So I introduced him to a friend of mine who also lost her husband about four years ago. And as of today, he said they were heading to Las Vegas for a week of fun and explorations for the future. Now there's a Bible of truth here in my story. And it is the proof that my proposition is a recipe for the sexual revolution solution. And with that, I will say aloha.